There we go. It was a tough night in uh, New England as Toronto FC draw nil-nil against the New England Revolution in a game that many people thought TFC had a right to maybe walk away with three points. But we'll talk about it over the next 20 minutes to half an hour here on the Tunnel Club Day After Show. Welcome aboard uh, with your hosts, Mike Newell and Sean Levy, as always. Sean, we, we were talking about it a little bit prior to the show, and we saw it in Twitter comments post-game and really during the game, too. Uh, there's sort of two camps right now I'm, I'm kind of seeing in terms of the, the thoughts on this game. One is TFC were slow and ponderous on the ball, and, you know, probably we're probably not playing as well as they could have been given the talent on the pitch. And the other hand is this team has already improved with two DPs in the lineup and are defensively much more solid than they were in a point on the road in New England is not such a bad thing. Where do you think you line up in terms of those sentiments and just give me your overall thoughts on the game as well? Well, I mean, I can see both sides of that, right? Um, There were moments where they just looked slow, like they they just kind of – the ball was moving around. We had possession, but they just didn't look like they were hungry to attack. Um, But then, yes, I mean, you can probably say defensively that one, especially the back four, there was a noticeable difference with – uh, Jaquiel starting over um, uh, replacing um, the other youngster um, on the right side. So, oh, yeah, Kosi, there was definitely an upgrade from Kosi to Jaquiel. Right. So, as a, as, a, as a defensive unit, you know, again, you had two different guys in, in the center back. Mavinga started. We hadn't seen him in a few weeks. He had a solid game. He, you know, didn't – he just played simple, kept it easy. McNaughton um, has been solid. I mean, I think he's really shown in the past few games that he, he can play in this league. There's no doubt about it anymore. Um, but defensively, as a unit, they were solid. Um, but, again, like I said, you can see both sides of it. So it's hard for me to really, like, pick one, say one or the other because they're both valid on how they played yesterday. Um, outside of that, I mean, the best for me, the, the, I'm disappointed that we didn't walk away with three points. Cause I think that that was, there was points that we left while we left on the table yesterday, uh, outside of the penalty shot, you know, um, you know, crossbar keeper came up with a big save on Insigne and then the penalty shot, like between those, you would think one of those would, should have went in the back of the net. And I'm not even harp on the penalty too much when he had that much time to kind of get in his own head as a stri- as a shooter. Like you kind of want the ref to be able to make that decision right away, not have to go to VAR where it takes him more time, and kind of he he mishit it right. If uh, if you were to take that again, he's placing right in the corner most likely. But you know when you're shooting it on that garbage turf, again I'm not going to harp on that too much. Yeah, yeah. I get that. 
And I land on the fact that this team is is vastly improved defensively. I get that people are disappointed in the fact that they didn't score, obviously, and there were chances, or that the first half was a little sluggish. But I think it was a little sluggish and sloppy on both sides of the ball. And I think the turf, at least from a TFC perspective, had a lot to do with it. And I get the arguments, you know, both sides have to play on the same turf and, and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, New England have a lot more experience and a lot more reps on that turf than this current iteration of TFC do. And it was it was awful. There's actually a, a quick video of Bob Bradley sort of checking out the turf for the game. And his head shake of disapproval is is clear and, and tells you all you need to know about what he thought about that pitch. But getting away from that and getting onto the actual football. Look, I thought TFC were again, a little bit disjointed in the first half on attacking, you know, it's definitely, they're getting used to three new players on the pitch that have different ideas than the other players on the pitch. And that's going to come with time. And I do think, as I mentioned to, to somebody, I think it was Chris, but I, I can't remember who, that, you know, at times the, the midfield does still get a little bit overrun and you can definitely tell how important a player like Mark Anthony K is going to be to this team when he's fully fit and ready to go because he will, he will do a lot in terms of that progressive movement of the ball and getting it forward. You could definitely tell especially on, you know, the goals on Saturday again, last Saturday, I should say, against Charlotte. He was critical in many of those goals. But, you know, given all of that, I still think TFC played reasonably well. And you can see improvement, both from an attacking perspective, but also from a defensive perspective. Now, obviously, the team enjoys, you know, groups that, are willing to possess the ball and don't necessarily want to counter on them or don't want to always hit them in transition because when those few moments where there were transition opportunities, TFC did look shaky again. Um, But that said, I I think that you are seeing an improving side and a side that is more going to model what Bob Bradley wants his teams to look like. Yes, there are still pieces to come. You know, and I don't know if it's well, I, I don't think it's enough right now probably to save this season in terms of the playoffs. But I think what I'm looking for, and I think what a lot of people in this room are looking for, is marked improvement game over game. Uh, and you're looking for better cohesion amongst the key pieces that are going to be back next year. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, you know how I've, I've already kind of focused on you know building something more for next year not necessarily solely focusing on playoffs you know the playoffs would be the icing on the cake but you know for that to have to have happened or still to happen they can't like they have it's about wins it's not about just coming out with a draw right yeah uh a scoreless draw is still a positive but you know, the goal needs to be wins. Um, but there's still enough, you know, you're seeing improvements. You're seeing, you know, potentially what 
Jaquil can bring to the table on, on the right side versus what Kosi has brought. Um, when you have a healthy K, you know, the midfield probably flows a little better with the forwards. I think for me, one of the areas of issue and concern needs to really needs to start to be with our strikers or lack, you know, with the lack of, of effectiveness, especially uh, uh, him as he's gone so cold to the point where it's, I think it's, it's affecting his overall play. That's an interesting point. And I, I was making this to the person I was watching the game with yesterday that I thought IO bringing in IO changes the way that you play because although he is a, uh, a good look, Jimenez is a really great player. Like when he gets opportunity, when he's in front of goal and he's going to shoot, like he obviously has really great feet and really great finishing in front of goal. Like that's not really in question. I think the difference between the two is IO gives you an extra dimension of getting in behind players, right? He can hold the ball up really well. You know, he can, he can be a bit of an aerial threat. You know, he obviously he's got the strength, you know, to body defenders off the ball, but he also provides that ability to run in behind because he will do that. Whereas Jimenez will want to play defeat, will pull out wide, will, you know, pull centrally to get the ball to feed and, and facilitate a little bit more than try to get on the end of things. And I felt that there was a noticeable difference in the second half once IO came into the game. Yes, IO did not get a goal. Uh, and, you know, I think it may only register one shot on goal, but that, that threat made center backs have to respect, respect him and respect that possibility and it opened up a little bit more not a ton but i think it opened up a little bit more in terms of the attack and uh there's a, a rob just tweeted in any concern about the center fours which is funny enough we're just talking about that um yeah you know i think there is a case to be made um in regards to maybe starting io over jimenez in the next game just to see if that that threat in behind opens the team up a little more. That said, I mean, look, Eminem started uh, against Charlotte and was fantastic as well, right? I think he benefited quite a bit from both being on the pitch. Um, and, and Rob also just mentions that, you know, is there concerned about, you know, the forwards not pressing the opposition defense? I think that's by design, Rob. I think that's part of, you know, Bob Bradley wants to press in certain moments and not all the time. That's I, 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 I've been wondering that lately about the pressing or the lack thereof because there was a time where we started to see, I think it started all started with the semifinal win uh, over Montreal in the in the, the Canadian Championship where we they started to, to play this more aggressive, attacking, you know, high press um, game. And I personally thought we've kind of, you know, we've got, we've lost that, that 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 hunger um and i find when we do do it in in moments of the game we we're effective so i question why we don't do it a little bit more yeah that is, to work. yeah that is a good question i think part of it is this team is so bad defending in transition that if the press gets broken they're in a world of hurt when teams are running at them at pace I think that's part of the problem, right? If they're able to press successfully and win the ball and keep it, 
then they look great. But if they get broken or if they turn the ball over cheaply when they win it back, they're so they're exposed a lot of the time. And I think that uh, as much as sort of that win, the Atlanta win um, back in June, I believe it's the end of June, showed that. I also thought there were other games where they tried that press and got torn apart because they couldn't close down effectively or they would win the ball back in the press and then turn the ball over cheaply, namely, again, some people have all in the past named the culprits, Jaden, Kosey, you know, at times Michael Bradley, um, you know, that they would then just be caught out. And I think that's still a concern. I think becoming a bit more solid defensively seems to be something that Bob Bradley's focusing on with the team, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I know we want to see the goals and we wish every game was 4-0 and, you know, you're blowing the doors off teams. And I think a lot of people expect that given the amount of money spent on Insigne and Bernadeschi, but that's not necessarily how it always works out. You know, I, I still think that they are still adjusting to North American soccer. And I mean, give them a break. It's only three games, two and a half, really. And you can tell the marked difference in the way that, you know, they see the game and that's good. But at the same time, maybe in Italy, you have a little bit more time on the ball to pick passes, to, to make decisions. Whereas here, although skill wise, no, not the same and tactically not the same as Bernadeschi mentioned in an interview net last week. But what this league has is a lot of pace and a lot of physicality, and they don't mind getting into the face of Insigne and Bernadeschi and making it uncomfortable for them. Um, and, and you saw that at times on uh, yesterday, especially I think with Bernadeschi, he was getting frustrated because you know defenders were getting right up on him and being physical, and he wasn't getting calls, calls he might be used to getting, uh, but he's not getting them right now. That obviously may change as his you know, his I'm in that, MLS grows, but that's a thing. And that that conceivably, you know, when the team becomes better and they're winning, they'll get those calls, right? That's that's kind of how this league has always worked. You know, the 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 superstars eventually do get the calls once they get recognized a little bit more. And um, but I mean, it's not necessarily that he's getting overly fouled. It's just they are just playing him hard, right? And and double teaming him and both him and Insigne, they're like they're not gonna give make it easy. They won't allow them to beat them one on one. And the key factor is your for TFC is always having the proper support around them to allow those players not to have to try to beat two or three men. You have to make it easier for them. And that's where the midfielders and the striker needs to be more effective. And I think that goes ties in nicely back to sort of the, your original question and the question from Rob about the center forwards and being able to get in behind, right? If you have center forwards that can get in behind, it stretches a defense. It gives them more to think about. Center backs aren't as, or holding midfielders, I should say, also aren't as keen to step out and maybe double team a Bernadeschi or Insignia when they cut in because of the threat of, you know, an Iowa Canola or some other striker, if they decide to get another forward this year, getting in behind. 
So I think there is a case there to be said that maybe you're, you may look for an option next year that is a little bit more of a player that can can do that and stretch and be a little bit more quote-unquote vertical. Um, I know a lot of football people hate the word verticality. It's not really a word, but for lack of a better term, that's kind of what I think a lot of people are talking about. Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey P. Nesker jumping in and uh, the tweet saying, we can beat Charlotte. Awesome. We're flat track bullies. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, Charlotte are ahead of us in the standings. So there is that. Okay. So we have what less a week basically before this, this transfer window comes to a close. What, what are the, what, what are our, our pressing needs, at least within this window? I oh, mean, right. for me, it's, it's still a right back. It's you know, probably right back. I'm not, I'm not like Jaquiel against – it's his first game we've seen him play since, what, game, second game of the season? Like well, where he it's, only four, it's only his fourth start of the season. He's played right. games since he's come back. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah fair, fair enough, but – those spot spot minutes were totally. You really weren't seeing anything from him. To, yesterday was to me was the best game I've we've seen from him, from a from a starting perspective, um, where he didn't look out of place. He 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 was good on the ball. He attacked. He you know made some good defensive tackles at, at key moments. Um, that you know, like I said, I was very impressed with him. But I still feel, you know, I'd rather have. At least, even if it's a matter of as he's getting more confident in that role, you know you have somebody there that can kind of maybe teach him the position better. That's my number one press, and I still think right now, again, we need a striker. We need somebody that can put the ball in the net consistently. Like I just don't believe the two we currently have are, are the right two for the future. That's fair, and I, I think that but that can be addressed in the offseason, in my opinion. I think the right-back position, as you mentioned, I think is the the one right now. Um, I think that's the the role that they need to fill. I think they do need a, a more senior presence there. Chris just mentioned, should we be concerned about JMR and maybe some of his quote-unquote conservative passing? I think that's part of the plan. You know, I think that's still part of what Bob wants from him. Um, but I do think there is a bit of that he's still learning how to play with Bernadeschi, right? That's his first game playing with him, right? So he's trying to figure out, you know, do I pass it to him? When do I pass it to him? How do I move? How does he move? You know, he likes to, you know, as we can see, Bernadeschi loves to drift in, in, and I'm not, when we're talking about cutting in, I mean, he's, he's basically becoming a whole, uh, a number 10 at times when he cuts in, um, really coming in far. And that leaves a massive hole for, whoever the right wing back is to, to cover, you know, and then that's a, a situation where he has to figure out, should I, should I stick or twist, right? Should I stay where I am and cover in case he loses the ball or should I try to take up his spot on the right and try to attack? And I think that's something he's, he's going to need to learn as he's working with them. But I do think you need a experienced right back in order to, in order to just help uh, that situation, it would be a much easier way or much easier transition for that person to know if you have a better sense of how to work with a player like a Bernadeschi. That makes sense. But I think that, I mean, if you're talking about this window, 
I think yeah, the right he, back is. Yeah, uh, Noel tweeted in, we need a striker, a right back, center midfielder, and a goalkeeper. And then <laughs> I agree we do need all those, but um, – You're not getting this all the no, Not a chance. No, not, the, no, the, the focus no. is maybe if you can get another defender, maybe. Uh, that that's, that's really what you need to focus on. And you use 2023 when you get some contracts off the books to go get the rest of those positions. He, again, you're right. And Noel's right. He's not wrong. It's just it's not, again, as Bob Bradley said, this is going to take two, three, maybe even four windows to get sorted. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's the reality. Like we will see what we see now is not what we're going to see the start of next season, nor will it be the, the, what we see at the end of next season. Right. Because we saw again, and I know we had this discussion after the last game about, you know, how many players TFC jettisoned off this off season within, you know, compared to looking at the turnover, right. Whether people want to call it a rebuild, a re, uh, 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 a re, whatever they're, they're TFC's literally, starting from scratch and there's still a ways to go. Um, and that's, that's the unfortunate reality when you have at least four or five players who are also at the end of a contract who are making big money, those decisions have to be made, right? Two of those are a keeper. Um, two of those are, are start like three of those, no, four of those players that are, that are out of contract are somewhat starters, right? Will they all be back? You know, that's within our keepers, uh, Mavinga, and our two, two of our midfielders uh, with Bradley and Oso. Bradley. I'm not even counting Michael Bradley in that. He'll be back. Fair enough, right? Uh, all all indications that that's, that's, a, that's basically a done deal. We'll find out for sure, you know, in the offseason, right? But, you know, there's going to be a lot of change still to come, right? And then there's going to be time for that, for the – you know, for them to gel and get together and then hope, hope that the changes that they make between now and then are the right ones and hope they don't have to make too many after that. They just have to tweak it. Well, that's where I think that's why I'm saying 2023 is really the season where you can judge Bob Bradley, but I think it's an actual bigger proving ground for Bill Manning, right? Like this is, this is the summer where he's kind of going to have to, or sorry, this offseason is summer, but this offseason is the one where he's going to have to really get it right in terms of the next DP, in terms of the direction of the players that are coming into the club. Obviously, Bob Brown is going to have a big say in that, but Bill Manning, from a DP perspective, in terms of the overall philosophy of the way that the roster gets built, has a big say in that as well. And I think he, he will have to prove it this season. That, to me, this is his big proving season. Uh, is to make sure that the right balance of players come in to help an already young squad. Uh, because the outside of the starting 11 right now, it's mainly the kids. So you're going to have to get some veteran presence in there to intermix with some of the young players that they are planning to keep uh, for next season. Okay, so... Um... Uh, you know, we've seen the kid movement this season. Um, it hasn't per se worked out in the sense of some of them are little, didn't kind of catch on as, as maybe as well as some fans would have liked or had hoped. Um, 
there's still a lot of upside for majority of them. However, do you feel that's also one of the directions that they need to, to look at? Maybe not rushing to move these kids up so quickly. And I understand sometimes you have no choice because if you don't, they're going to walk away and, you know, go sign somewhere else or whatever the case may be. Right. Sometimes it's, it's a now or never situation, but that also has to be looked at is how, what direction do you want to go? Because with all the changes that are going to coming, you like some of these kids will either have to be loaned out, you know, will it be worth them just kind of not necessarily getting a lot of playing time, things like that. Like Caden Chung has become invisible. I don't even like he doesn't even make make the eighteen anymore. You know, I know he had he seemed to have gotten injured at a certain point and but it seemed like he was working his way back. You know, like for some of these young kids, it's a, you know, like what's best for them. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh you know, in terms of Caden Chung, it's simply he's just not preferred. He's fit, you know, he could play. Um it's just the, you know, they clearly don't see him as a solution on this team in the long term. Uh, or, that seems clear to me at this point because uh, Lucas McNaughton, who had another tremendous game yesterday, has stepped up and really kind of earned himself. You know, it's going to be hard to take him out of the 11 right now. So, you know, Caden Chung's one. You know, you're going to have to figure out what you want to do with somebody like Noble Akello next year. I know he's been hurt for the majority of this season, but I think this is kind of a what do you do with him question. There's a question around even Jaden Nelson. I know there's been speculation about him maybe going to Europe. I know he had a trial in Belgium um, in the offseason and showed really well there. So you're gonna you're gonna get some you know Luca Petrasso. You're gonna figure out what to do with him. You know, is he somebody that you trust to be sort of a, a person off the bench for you, either in a left back role or a winger role? There are a lot of questions. I don't know what they all are. Uh, they're clearly not all of them are ready for prime time minutes. I think some improved though. Like to say that they didn't improve, I think is completely disingenuous. I think some of them have improved improved enough to necessarily be a starter or to be a key contributor to this team? Maybe not. And that's where, again, Bill Manning, Bob Bradley are going to have to make some tough decisions on what to do with some of these kids and whether you keep them, loan them, use them as trade bait. I, I Honestly, I don't have an answer for that. I do not know. Yeah, I think that's a tough one. Like, especially when you've, you know, you've tried to, turn a midfielder into a defender uh, or a wing back. And, you know, I get, you know, it's kind of work with, with Kosey. He's definitely improved from, the, from day one, but long-term is that what's best for his career. Right. So like I said, there is, we're, we're not the ones who are going to have the right answer, but those are the questions that definitely the club's going to have to address. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Nesker is just stepping in as well as just saying uh, via tweet, we're simply not good enough. It's about the talent on the pitch and the depth on the bench. We're bringing in chips and soda to a gunfight. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, I think that's somewhat right. I, I do think that 
we are judging some of the young kids way too early and way too quickly. Um, you know, in terms of just deciding whether or not, well, they're, they're good, they're not good. It's not exactly that scientific, right? It's how does the player develop over time? Are they understanding the concepts that are being asked of them from the coaching staff? Are they open to new ways of thinking about football? You know, are they able to be adaptable in certain situations? In some cases, we have found out no. In some cases, it's still kind of not, not determinate yet. And I don't think you were going to get all those answers for all those kids this season, right? I think you were going to get some ideas. I think you were going to get a better sense of how they could be as professionals. I don't think you were going to find this season, you know, like if, if let's just say, let's just say Kosey Thompson came out and let's say he wasn't even playing right back. Let's say he played his natural position of attacking midfield came out and had a barn burner of a season. No one would have expected that from him. No one, no one could have expected that for him. So why are we now kind of jumping on some of these kids as if like, well, they came out of the Academy and they got minutes. So they didn't end up looking like Alejandro Pozuelo. Get rid of them. Right. They suck. I, I don't buy that. Um, because I really don't, you couldn't have, you don't, you, we couldn't have said what the young kids were going to be, right? We didn't, we just, just didn't know. We didn't have enough body of work to really know. Other than we know they have talent. We know that they're, they're clearly skilled. It's, it's in a question of how do they adapt to game in, game out, professional environment. And in some cases, again, we've got some answers, but I don't know if we have the entire picture yet. And, I mean, that – Jeff's not totally wrong. The team is not – like, right now, we're not good enough. We're not – we don't have the depth. And that's regardless cool. of the kids or not. That's that's a, a, a fair picture to paint of the club right now, right? And the holes we're asking to address right now, for example, within the next week, aren't necessarily going to make us all of a sudden uh, a title contender. But I think what our goal is 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 trying to fill those holes that that can allow us to see areas of growth versus continuous stressful losses or games where we just look out hundred percent outmatch. I think if we can fill certain certain holes that for the remainder of the season, we can at least start to build for where we need to be long term. Yeah, right. and in, yeah, and in looking at this, again, another tweet just came in from Ravi. Uh, the question was, are they good now? The answer is no. Maybe they'll be good in a few years, but we need answers now. I, again, I respect the we need to have everything now, now. I mean, everything must be now. Uh, and I don't think it works like that exactly. I, I think what you need to understand or what we need to understand from the young players is are they adaptable and can they understand and grasp the tactics that are being asked of them? Or is the team good right now? Probably no. They're not necessarily good enough right now. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you throw it all away, right? I think you need to find the pieces that are that you can work with and continue to grow. Kosey Thompson had a, a nightmare of a game on, on Tuesday in the Canadian Championship final. I don't think you necessarily throw him away 
because I think you, I think over the season, as much as there has been bad things in the in his game, there have been a lot of actual positives that I like about him. I like his feistiness in defense. I like the fact that he is getting better at using his body to separate the man from the ball. Um, I think his defensive instincts need work, but are getting better. Uh, he, yes, he made a mistake Tuesday night. Again, if you're going to get a, a kid at that age, and I've repeated this over and over and over again, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to live with some of those mistakes until you get a senior right back. But as somebody who's come in and deputized and stepped into a role, I don't think he's done horribly, right? But I don't think you also just throw him away because he's had a couple of bad games, right? And that's, that's what I mean in terms of is the team good right now? No. Do you need to throw it all out the window and completely do a offseason this past season again with this team? I don't necessarily think you need to do that either, right? I think you need to be a little bit more surgical when it comes to how you build this team going forward. Hope that makes sense for everybody. Yeah, um, I, 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 I don't disagree. I think, like I said, we're not, we're not there. There's, there's, we all know there's work to be done. Um, you know, I've already, like I said, I've said it for a while. For the biggest focus for me is just to try to see if the team can build something towards next season, right? This season, I'm not, I've said the playoffs are pretty much a wash for a while. And I think it's, it, we, we, we as a fan base need to pretty much accept that. Yeah. I, I, again, from the beginning of the season, I've been fairly clear that I did not see a playoff team per se. And it, it looks like we will not make the playoffs again, unless we go on an all holy run and also get a lot of help. Um, though we actually got some of it last night. There were a couple of draws there that if we had gotten three points, might have helped. But I, I the two things we're gonna sort of I want to touch on before we wrap up the show. I know you gotta go, Sean. So um but the penalty. Did you think it was a penalty? I did not think it was a penalty. But I was willing I mean, to take it. Okay, it's one of those it's it, it's it's a soft penalty, but once the ref called it, there's not enough evidence to overturn it. To say the ref made it, you know, he made it clear, and or maybe he just didn't want to turn back and and go against what he called, even though they, the, you know, the video pulled him over. There was contact; it was soft. He was more looking for the contact, but that I mean, we've seen softer penalties in this league before, so I'm not going to necess- necessarily say it wasn't it wasn't a penalty. You know what I mean? I, I hear you. I don't think it was a penalty, and I was all certain that they were going to overturn this. In fact, that's why he had to go to the monitor, because the VAR official uh, was Canadian, by the way, um, told him to go look at it again. Um, to me, Polster gets there first, and Kirk kicks through his foot. But I also get, you know, in, in sort of the in the moment, you could say also Polster, you know, in real time, might have got his foot down and there caught, therefore caused an obstruction for him to go over. I, you know what? I, I hey, I was taking it. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily complaining against the decision um, in the end, but of course, Insigne uh, missed the penalty. A lot of talk about this online. Uh, just you know, being upset with him for missing the penalty. 
I don't know. I think it's one of those things where, again, if he takes 10 of those, he's, he's burying nine of them, right? If he's fully, if he's fully fit and ready to go, right? You know what I mean? Like he took the penalty. You also have to credit the goalkeeper, right? Made a good, made a good save. I know it wasn't directly in the corner, so it made it a little bit easier for the goalkeeper, but he still has to make that save, right? We see Alex Bottom get to that side before it miss. So it's yeah. not exactly as easy as it looks. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Keep again, the key factor for every, any keeper is the first thing you want to be able to do is guess right. You guess right, you extend yourself. And again, what allowed him to make it pretty a, a pretty safe save was the thing that it wasn't in the far corner. So you guess right, there, it wasn't a massively powerful shot. Um, and like I said, you get it, you said it right. Fit in Insigne um, is probably scoring that nine times out of ten. Uh, you put you put him on a grass a, a proper grass pitch or even at least a high quality turf pitch. He's probably bearing that. Yeah, and and right. you can see he's pr- you can see he's pressing a bit. Yeah, like, like he's pressing. He's try he's trying a little <laughs> hard. And that and you know what, Sebastian Jovinko was the same way when he started at the club. Like he didn't score for his first, I think, three or four games before he got his first goal. So. Uh, I get it. Like he's he's trying to press and Im- Im- impress us as fans and the club and they both you know, are. They yeah, both are. Yeah, they both are. You can see it out of them, and and it's 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 unfortunate that they feel that they have to kind of you know do something magical, and it's kind of almost if we can allow them just to kind of be make it simple for them, it'll flow. Yes, absolutely. I think hopefully this week off or a week until the next game on Saturday uh, gives him a little time to recharge. Uh, we'll just leave on this last uh, a last tweets here in from Richard Thurl. Just second time the TFC Live has attempted to integrate the academy players into the first team. Both times the organization was not ready to support them and blame them for the fear. I don't think the, the organization is blaming the young kids for the failure. I don't think that's what's happening here. I think there's an acknowledgement that they may not be 100% ready, so they're going to bring in some senior players to help them. I don't necessarily think this is the the management or Bill Manning saying, these young kids, they've let us down over the first half of the season. You know, they. So I think when you hear something like that as a comment, I think they more mean the senior players more than they actually mean the young players. Um, because I think they still rate a lot of these young players highly. They just know that they need help. And circumstance forced their hand, right? When yeah. you wanted, when you needed to clean house based on the the atmosphere within the the clubhouse, changes need to be made, and it wasn't minor. Major changes need to be made. Your hands were forced. You were not able to turn around and bring in ten new players right away. So you were forced to rely on, all right, we've got these talented kids. Let's see who can, if any of them either can, A, step their game up to a different level that even we didn't expect, or at least B, show that, you know what, they might not be there, but time, right? And and unfortunately, us as fans, we want to see win net. But... The club just was not built that way from the start of the season. And they're still not there right now. 
right? And and we we just have to realize this season is pretty much a wash. Let's enjoy and hope that, like I said, we can see some consistency, some development, some growth as a, as a team. Now we've noticed defensively improvement. Let's see now if we can start to go back to some scoring some goals and not, and I'm not even like, I don't want it just to be uh, Insignia and Berndesi. I want, I'd love a striker to start to get hot again. I'd love maybe someone else to show that they want, they can put in some goals. We need more. And on a consistent basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the last tweet we'll leave on is from Brad just saying, uh, Insignia is not making nine out of 10 of those penalties. He missed the most in Serie A this season. Uh, he didn't take a penalty in the Euro final. He didn't take a Euro penalty in the Euro final because he was taken off because he is generally doesn't even play usually 90 minutes fully for Napoli. So that was one thing. But the other thing is, okay, you brought up the who scored tweet. Lorenzo Insignia is on top of that. So is Karim Benzema too. Krem Benzino is still taking the penalties at Real Madrid. Okay, like, I, you know, Bruno Fernandes takes two. You know why they miss a lot? Because they take a lot of penalties. Like, that's, you know, from a statistical standpoint, that's going to happen. If they take a lot of penalties, they're going to miss a lot of penalties. Or they're going to miss penalties, let's put it that way. Not a lot, but they'll miss penalties, right? Or they're going to miss more than, see, a guy who takes three every year or maybe two every year. It's, just, it's one of those statistical things where it's like, okay, okay does here, that mean he's a bad penalty taker? Not necessarily. I mean, we were ar- saying that about Alejandro Pozuelo earlier this year. And statistically, he's still one of the better penalty takers in the league. Right. Here's an honest question. So we're, we get that penalty. Bernadeschi was off up by this point, if I'm correct. They had already subbed him off. Who else are you going to – ask or expect to step up also it's not well, that, well that's the thing right because like if someone right. else stepped up and take the penalty you know what this conversation would be why didn't lorenzo insignia take the penalty right so it, it's one of those scenarios where it's kind of like you it's a no-win situation it seems like if he doesn't score this is what we have to look here and see well, or if somebody else doesn't steps steps up then we have to listen. You know, so it's like reality is it, it's a no-win situation when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah, and in the end of the day, like, I get it. He's making a lot of money, and therefore a lot of people are going to put a lot on him for making a lot of money. I guess fair uh, to a certain extent, um, but I just think in that case, okay, he missed the penalty, and also a goalkeeper made a really good save because, again, like I said, we've seen Alex Bono try that and get to it, Still can't put it out. He actually missed one in the in the cup final. So it's not as easy a save or as, as people make it out to be. Um, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, Sean, I know you got to go. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll stop the show here. Thank you, everybody, for listening in to this week's Tunnel Club. Uh, we'll be back next weekend uh, covering the game in Nashville uh, as Toronto FC make their way to Nashville. I think there's a fair number of people, actually, Making the trip out there, I think Noel is. Uh, I think Noel, you said you were going out there. Yeah, um, Noel's going. I know a few of them are going. Will be out there. Uh, hope y'all have fun out out in Nashville. Yeah, um, it'll be Nashville. What they they drew. Uh, Vancouver was able to get a late late one to tie with them last night. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be they'll be playing on a better pitch. That's a positive. Not positive. <laughs> and hopefully right. Mark Anthony K is fit by then. 
Yeah, that'll be a uh, yeah. If you can get a, a fit, like basically any of the players that are that need some rest, let them get a couple days rest. But you know, it'd, it'd be nice if we can get him back because to de- the midfield definitely plays different with him. You know, with a healthy him, Bradley and Oso. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, so we'll end there. Uh, Sean, thanks again uh, for jumping on tonight. Uh, have a good rest of the night, everybody. Uh, who's listening in Ontario and other parts of the country that also uh, celebrate the long weekend. Have a good long weekend. Enjoy your Monday off if you do have it. uh, And we'll chat with you all next week. Take care, everybody.